I'm excited to be able to, to bring the, the word to you today, and so welcome. I just want to also welcome for those of you who are watching online. I apologize right now if you can't understand me. Um, there's no subtitles for you, so I'm going to just give you a, a, a cheat code right now. Just randomly post, wow, so good, preach, and people will think that you know what I'm saying as you watch online, and so it's all, it's all good. Um, but before we get started, as always, we want to say our mission statement together. So what are we here to do as a church? We are here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That is what we are here to do at Church Unlimited. I'm also a big believer in honor, and so I want to take a moment right now just to honor the lead pastors of the house, Pastor Bill and Miss Jessica. They really are incredible leaders. They're phenomenal pastors. It's a huge honor for me to even be up here on the stage bringing the Word of God to you today, and so thank you, Pastor Bill. Thank you, Miss Jessica. So yeah, let's give it up for our lead pastors. And so I figured off I would, I would start by encouraging you today right, right off the bat by saying this, you're doing better than what you think. And here's how I know you're doing better than what you think. The other day, my wife and I, uh, we went out for a, a late night walk with, with our kids. And so we got three boys, and so my wife is carrying our, our, our newborn, uh, Joshua Blaze, in, in one of these baby carrier things that women wear. And so... And I'm pulling my, my three-year-old Josiah Brave and my five-year-old Judah Zion in a red flyer wagon. And we're just walking around the neighborhood, checking out all the Christmas lights. And so every house we get to that's lit up, they're like, wow, look at that. That's so amazing. That looks incredible. And then we get to the one house. And you guys all have this house in your neighborhood. This is the house that is draining all the electricity from everyone else. That may even be your neighbor, like, your lights are flickering while they've got Santa waving on their roof to everyone. And so this house is decked out, literally Santa Claus is on the roof with the sleigh, the reindeer, their path is lit up, their sidewalk is lit up, their bushes are decorated, their trees are decorated, they've got inflatables everywhere, and they also had a life-size cutout of Will Farrell as Buddy the Elf from the movie Elf. And so we get to this house, and as I'm pulling my boys, my three-year-old turns to me and says, Dad, I said, yes, yeah, son. He goes, is that Jesus? <laughs> it was then in this moment that I realized I failed as a dad. And as a man of God and as a pastor, that my three-year-old thought Buddy the Elf is Jesus. So I'm reevaluating my calling right now, um, and so stick with me. But I promise you, after that failure that I had, I have good news for you. And I want to give us a, a godly reminder in an unexpected way. I want to remind us of who we are today and who God says we are through the colors of Christmas. And so, no matter what you are going through, Maybe you're going through some, some brokenness right now. Maybe you're faced with some financial struggles. Maybe there's some, some frustration in your life. Maybe you're battling depression. Maybe you're literally just in this notion of feeling stuck. 
that you just feel stuck in life. And so I want to lovingly challenge you and I today to accept the truth that we get to unwrap together. And so what are the colors of Christmas? This red, green, and gold. And red represents the blood of Christ. That's what it represents, that Jesus died on the cross for you and I. Green represents the gift of eternal life. And you know, people use evergreen trees because like, until they die, they never change color. They are green the entire time. And that represents eternal life. And then the color gold represents the royalty of Christ. It speaks to his kingdom. And that's the color that I want us to focus on today. I want us to focus on the color gold because it represents your royalty too. And so the title of today's message is simply this, you are golden. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are golden. Now turn to your least favorite neighbor and say, you are golden. I hope for the husband and the wives in the room, you turn to them first. <laughs> If not, you're in for a car conversation on the way home from church, and we all know how long they last. <laughs> you're still in your driveway at 4 p.m. <laughs> but you are golden. And we find that in Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says this, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And so God is our king. And if we're believers in Jesus Christ, then we are immediately sons and daughters of God. We become sons and daughters of the Most High King. We're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And so we need to remember, because Jesus is royalty, we are royalty too. You are a member of God's royal family. And if you look at the, the color that, that most royal families use across the globe, the color that they choose to use to represent them is always gold. It has value. It means royalty. But here's the truth about gold. Even though it is gold, it still has to be refined in order to be pure. And many times you and I, we're refined through this notion of being stuck. God will just keep us there so he can refine us. So that at the end of it, we come out like gold. And so my first point for us today is this. Rejoice when you're stuck because it's only for a season. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now, for, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. See, to become who we are in Christ, you and I need to suffer a little while. We need to go through some things. We need to have some trials of our own. It, it, it develops who we are. It develops the call of God on our life. It develops our character. 
And so we need to stop with this idea of always saying to ourselves, I can't wait for my next season to start. Because if we keep chasing the next season, what ends up happening is when we're there, we go back to ourselves and say, I wish I could go back three seasons and learn what I needed to learn then. We can find ourselves always chasing our next there rather than being in the here and now. And so we'll say to God things like, okay, okay God, I, I, I will honor you. I, I, I will tithe. I will serve. I will be faithful when I'm there done with college, when I'm there in my marriage, when I'm there in my job and in promotion. God, when I'm there, then I will honor you. And God says, no, that's not how it works. I need you to honor me in the here. I need you to be obedient to me in the here and serve me in the here. And when you learn that in the here, then I can take you to the there that you desire. I can't take you there until you learn what I have for you in the here. We need to honor God in the here. Because the truth is that there are built-in advantages in your disadvantages. In fact, I brought out my two suitcases. These are the original suitcases that I moved to America with. Hence the duct tape. I had to tape them together. But this is all I had to my name. There's smiley faces on there because I didn't want anyone to steal my suitcase. <laughs> it's a true story. This one has his tongue sticking out. Like, I was like, ain't no one stealing my suitcases at the airport. And so these suitcases have been through some stuff. But this is all I had when I moved to America. And so as I'm walking through the airport, I have no job. I have no house. I have no money. I have no health insurance. I didn't even know I needed that when I moved here. <laughs> I had no friends. I had no family. I had TSA chasing me through JFK saying the British are coming. I had everything <laughs> going on. <laughs> My wheels are falling off my suitcase, and so what looked like a disadvantage actually ended up being my advantage, because here's why. Even though all I had was two suitcases, it taught me to trust God more. It taught me to be obedient to God more. It taught me to step out in faith more. It increased my work ethic. It increased my hustle. It increased my perseverance. It made me determined to be willing to change the circumstances around me. And so what looked like just two suitcases actually ended up being an advantage because it taught me so much. And so what looks like a disadvantage to you right now in your stuck is actually your advantage. You just have to be willing to rejoice while stuck. You have to change your perspective. See, if you and I are going to influence people and speak life into people, encourage one another, that means that we have had to have gone through some stuff in life. We've got to go through some trials in, in order to be able to influence people. And have, you, have you ever heard a, a pop song by like a little kid where they're singing, right, or a teenager, and they're singing about heartbreak, and they're singing things like, oh, the love of my life rejected me as a wife. And you're like, you're 12, that didn't happen. What are you singing about? 
There's no authenticity there. She hasn't been through that. And so we have to go through some stuff. God has a purpose in you and I being stuck. He's trying to refine you. He's trying to teach you. He's trying to lead you. And so in this moment when we're stuck, there's something that we need to do. And this is my second point for us today. We need to hold on to our faith and value it. Hold on to your faith and value it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, it says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire. I'm going to finish that verse in my third point. For now, I want us to focus on the gold refined by fire. See, even gold, which is of great value, has to be refined. Something of great worth still needs work. But what's more valuable to God is, is what God made. And man did not manipulate. And God made you. And God gave you faith. And so you have to hold on to your faith and value it like gold. So you can have all the money that the world has to offer. But without faith, you'll be miserable. You can be married to the most beautiful guy or girl of your dreams. But without faith, you're going to be miserable. You can have everything that the world has to offer you. Anything you want. But without faith, you're going to be really unhappy. But if you have faith... You can have none of those things, but you'll have the joy of the Lord. God will go before you. God will lead you. God will take you where he needs you to go. See, I would rather have faith than money. I'd rather have faith than relationships. I'd rather have faith than a career. I'd rather have faith than anything that the world has to offer me. Because whatever the world has to offer me, eventually it all perishes. But my faith, my faith doesn't have to perish as long as I hold on to it, as long as I value it, as long as I keep it. So you need to hold on to your faith. If you're stuck and you don't know what to do, but your Bible has some cobwebs on it, could it be you're not valuing your faith? When was the last time you picked up the Word of God? When was the last time you dived into Scripture? While you're stuck looking for an answer, did you turn to God? Because here's the thing, God will keep you there all day. <laughs> He'll keep you in your stuck until you learn to value what He needs you to value. A thousand years, it's about a minute to God. <laughs> Just saying. So do you need to reevaluate what you're valuing? Because God will keep you there. He'll say, let me know when you want to start changing. Then I can start moving. But I'm going to keep you here. Because I need you to hold on to your faith. You know, and that's what a goldsmith does. A goldsmith is someone who processes gold. So I have gold chains here. These are Pastor Dante's. 
He's going to text me after this service. <laughs> but a goldsmith, he's going to put the gold in the fire to burn it, to burn all the impurities out, to burn all the dross off. And the goldsmith knows when the gold is ready, when he pulls it out of the fire and it's hot. But the way he can tell that it is ready is when he can see his own reflection in the gold. That's when he knows it's pure. And so God will leave you and I in the fire long enough to burn all the dross off, to burn all the purity, to burn all the impurities off so that he can see the reflection of the goldsmith, Jesus Christ, so that he can see the reflection of himself in you. And so when you're in the fire, when you're stuck, you've got to hold on to your faith and value it because God's just refining you. He is trying to make you pure. He's trying to see his own reflection in you. And so if your situation won't change, it's because you're supposed to change. If your situation is not changing, it's because you're not changing. And so God will keep you in the fire until you do. If your situation won't change, you're supposed to change. And so maybe you're stuck because there's some things that you can't have on you for where God is trying to take you. See, value is not always in adding. Value is also removing. And so do you need to remove some things from your life? Are there some habits that you need to remove? Maybe you need to remove the habit of not going to the gym. That's my habit right there. That's the habit that I need to remove. That's why I don't wear white t-shirts on stage. Because if I did, you'd think it's the marshmallow man from Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's why I wear black. Covers up the dad bod really well. Some of you quit going to the gym because they move the cardio upstairs. You're like, I ain't going up there. Like, <laughs> see ya. Your membership card became a coaster for your coffee. <laughs> Place that right there. What habits do you need to remove? Maybe you need to remove some thoughts. Are you negative? Is everything that you think about negative? Are you constantly throwing yourself a pity party every time you don't get your way? When things don't work out the way that you wanted it to work out? You're negative about your job, your boss, everything else. Everything's a problem, your glass is always half empty. You need to remove the negative thoughts. Maybe you need to remove an attitude or attitudes from your life. Do not look at your spouse right now. I'm warning you, you'll be in trouble. <laughs> See, so many times in our life, our life's direction is determined by what we do when we're stuck. What should have taken the Israelites 11 days to reach the promised land took them 40 years because of the decisions they made while stuck. You will get to your purpose. How quickly you get there depends on the decisions you make while you're stuck. Do you want it to take 40 years or do you want it to take 11 days? Decisions yours. You'll get there. The Israelites eventually get there. They could have got there in 11 days. Instead, it took 40 years. 
you will get to your purpose. How quickly you get there depends on the decisions you make while stuck. I don't know why God has you where you are in your stuck situation right now. But I know he has a plan for you. I know he loves you. I know he wants the best for you. And I know, that you're stu- I know that you're stuck because you're not done where God has you. There's more for you to do there. God is not finished with you yet. And so instead of being frustrated with being stuck, shift your mindset and say, God, I don't know why you have me here, but I trust you. And I know that you have a plan for my life. And I know that you want the best for me. And so I'm going to rejoice while I'm stuck. And I'm going to hold on to my faith because you know what's best for me. Church, God knows what he's doing. You know, there's a beautiful story in the Bible of Isaac and how Isaac responded to being stuck. And we see it in Genesis 26, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now there was a famine in the land. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. And so Isaac went through a famine. His dad went through a famine. You and I, we will go through famines in life. Maybe your famine is relational right now. Maybe it's a career famine. Maybe it's a financial famine. Maybe it's an emotional famine. And you're looking at your situation saying, oh, I just can't be happy, rather than looking at the maker saying, you know what? I may not like it, but God, I trust you. You are my maker. You are God. You are still on your throne. I trust you. I love you. My life is in you. And so you are the creator of all things. And so I'm going to hold on to my faith and I'm going to value it because God, you know what you are doing. There's resources to help us when we're stuck. Books, podcasts, life groups at church, Bible reading plans. There's so many things that we can do to help us in our situation. We just have to be willing to put the effort in and go look for it. A great thing to do when you're in a famine is start a gratitude list. Write down 10 things that you're, thank- that you're thankful for. In fact, do it today. Write down 10 things. And if there's a person on that list that you're thankful for, text them. Let them know, hey, I just started a gratitude list and I want you to know I am thankful for you. Because we see Isaac is stuck in this famine and God tells him to stay in it. I can imagine Isaac thinking to himself, hold up, there's a God who loves me yet he's telling me to stay here and starve. And God's like, I didn't say stay and starve. I said, stay here. See, when things don't make sense, we have to trust that the Lord knows what he's doing. Did it make sense to move to America with nothing but two suitcases to my name? No, it didn't, but I trusted that God had a plan, and when my wheels were falling off at JFK, I kept going, I kept moving forward, I kept trusting God, I kept going in the direction saying, God, you called me to America, and I love you, and I trust you, even though it doesn't make sense. You may only have two suitcases to your name right now, but that's all God needs. God only needs two suitcases and your faith in Him. And God will take you where He's leading you. Because fast forward nearly 12 years, I'm married. I've got three kids. I've got a job. I've got health insurance. Praise Jesus. Found out what it was. Like, 
And what started off with two suitcases has been blessings on God. So if all you have is two suitcases in your faith, that's all you need. And watch God do the rest. You just have to trust the Lord even when it doesn't make sense. You have to hold on to your faith and value it. Isaac stayed. He trusted God. And look what happened in Genesis 26, 12. It says, Isaac planted crops, sowed in the land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. And so in the middle of a famine, Isaac planted crops. When there was no water, Isaac planted seed. Any farmer will tell you that when you plant in a famine, about 10% of the seed will make it. They'll soak up all the moisture around them. And so the rich seed will get richer and the poor seed will get poorer. So if a famine hit and there was no food and you were the only producer of 10%, how much more are your plants worth now? See, the truth is, you will always get paid more in famines if you grow. You will always get blessed more when you grow in famines. You will always get God's anointing more when you grow in a famine and you say, I'm going to be different than the other seed laying around saying, oh, this is so horrible. I'm going to choose to trust the Lord, have my faith in the Lord. I'm going to sow seed even in this famine, even when it doesn't make sense. I'm going to grow in this famine. I'm going to be different than everyone else. And so how do you grow? You grow deep if you put in roots. You have to sow yourself. You have to grow yourself. At some point, you have to make a decision in your marriage and say, I'm in this for life. I'm committed. I'm going to fight for my husband. I'm going to fight for my wife. I'm going to fight for my kids. I'm putting in roots and I'm going to grow in this relationship. In your career, you need, to, you need to put roots in to the job that you have. Stop bouncing around from place to place looking for something better because you will never grow. You'll never be satisfied. But stay loyal to your employer. Sow the seed, put in deep roots, and your promotion will come. You'll get what you're looking for. We have to be faithful in the famines. Famines will always last longer than what we think. But when we remain faithful in the famine, we position ourselves to reap the blessings of God. We all feel stuck. But you have to say to yourself, God, you put me here for a reason. You may be working in a dark place right now. God put you there so that you could be the light. God gave you that assignment. And so hold on to your faith and value it even when you're stuck. And my third and final point for us today is this. You're still writing your story. In the end, you win. You're still writing your story. In the end, you win. Here's the totality of 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 and 7. In all this you greatly rejoice. 
Though, no, no, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, check it out, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You're still writing your story. In the end, you win. And so in the middle of your bad chapter, how do you want your story to end? You get to choose that. You can't choose if there's a famine. You can't choose how the world is doing. You can't choose how the economy is going, but you can choose how your story is going to end. You can choose what you're going to do when you're stuck and in your situation and how you're going to deal with it. So write your story well. In fact, Galatians 6.9 encourages us with this. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so in these moments when we're stuck, we can still give. We can still tithe. We can still serve in God's health. We can still be faithful to God. You can. You know, there's a beautiful old story that goes like this, that there was a farmer who had a horse, and his horse fell in to an old well. And the farmer tried to get his horse out of the well for, for many, many hours, but he just couldn't. And so the farmer made a decision and said, I'm just going to have to bury the horse alive. And so as the farmer began shoveling dirt into the well, every time the dirt fell on the back of the horse, the horse would just shake the dirt off and step on it. Well, after a few hours of shoveling dirt and the horse shaking it off and stepping on it, the dirt had risen so high, the horse was able just to step out of the well. Church, I'm here to tell you today that when people are dumping dirt on you, when you're stuck, when you're going through some stuff, just start to shake that dirt off, begin to step on it, and eventually you will be able to step out of the well and into the promises that God has for you. Just shake it off. You may be stuck, but it's because God wants you to change the place where you're at. He wants you to change your workplace, your marriage, your finances, your health, your relationships. Quit trying to jump to another place. Use the talent that God has given you to change where he has you. See, your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. Your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. And so as we started this message off about the colors of Christmas and focusing on gold, I just simply came here today to remind you that even when you're stuck, even when you're going through a famine, even when you're faced with trials and difficulties, church, remember, you are golden even when you're stuck. And so right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know what you came in here today facing, but I do know that God is good. And as we spoke about the colors of Christmas, red that represents the blood of Christ, Jesus died on the cross for you and me. He took the punishment that we deserved. Green represents the gift of eternal life 
that when we accept what Jesus did on the cross for us, when we acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, we get the gift of eternity with him in heaven. And the moment we make that decision, the moment we invite Jesus Christ into our lives, we become golden. We become a part of the best royal family that we can ever be a part of. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed right now, with no one looking around, if you're in here today, and you have never invited Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do so right now, to acknowledge what he did on the cross so that you can have the gift of eternal life, so that you can be a part of the best royal family you can ever be a part of. So I'm going to lead out in a prayer, and I'm going to ask that we as a church pray this prayer out loud together as one big family. And so church, pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. I ask you right now that you, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I repent and say sorry. Please come into my life, dwell in my heart, and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you that I am brand new in you, and I am now a part of your royal family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. And just, just acknowledge in this moment, with every, with every eye closed and every head bowed still, with no one looking around, if you're in here and you did just pray that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to do something brave. No one's looking around, but if you just prayed that prayer, will you just be brave and put your hand up right now and just say, I just prayed that prayer. Thank you for those hands. Hands are going up all over this place. If you just did this online, put it in the chat online. Say, just accepted Christ. Keep those hands up high. And so many hands are going up. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. I see that hand at the back. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else that wants to acknowledge that they prayed this prayer today? Going to give it a few more moments. Is there anyone else? Thank you for that hand. Jesus, we thank you for everything that you have done. Lord, thank you for the hands that have been risen. I thank you, Lord God, that so many people just became a part of your royal family. Lord, I pray for everybody in here that may feel stuck today. God, I pray that they will hold on to the truth. Lord, that they will rejoice even when stuck, that they will hold on to their faith and value because God, at the end of the day, they are still writing their story. God, and at the end of the day, we still win. And so may you encourage everyone today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, Church Unlimited, God is good and His Word is so true.